I'm Bobby Elias, your host and executive producer. Today we have uh, our producer coming on. Uh, that's Greg Lamastro and also a special guest, Veronica Gabriel. So we have a big show, a lot of great stuff. I have so many notes here. We're going to talk about racism and we're going to talk about how um, there's so many, how Columbus was taken down, statues taken down and what Columbus did in this country way back 528 years ago and on. We're gonna talk about more things about along those lines. We're gonna talk about um, the present. We're gonna talk about with uh, Veronica when she comes on half past the hour. We're gonna talk about how things are changing. The word change is a big word also about women and any a few other things that we'll talk about with her. Um, our show is usually about holistic health, the latest research. We talk about all the things that are going wrong in this country, all the, and we have solutions as best we can. So here is the archive number to call. We have, you can get our show. It's on the archives all the time now. We're not on live. And we have two ways to get on. Get, get your pen and paper out. You can call... The uh, archive number, the, if you get on the online station, is let's create a better world dot podbean. It's P O D, it's P as in Paul, O as in Oscar, D as in David, bean, like the bean that you eat, dot com. I'll try to repeat this at the end of the show. Or you can call the archive number. Both these archives are 24 hours a day for at least the next four, five, six weeks. The number to call for archives, 701-719-0994. We have our five most recent shows on there. We're on every month or two with a new show. So bear with us on that. Okay. The next show that you'll hear after ours on the archives will be all about what to do about the pandemic with Luann Panessi. It's a great, great show again. All right. Let's get to our show today. Um, we're going to talk about racism in Columbus. First, we'll start with Columbus. A lot of information on him. Columbus was here, came here in 14992. He had a boat full of people. This country calls him the hero. They call him the man that discovered America. How can you discover 15 or more million natives? As he called them, he called them Indians. When he came here, he thought this was India. So he called them Indians. He was a terrible, terrible man, a pirate. The people he had on the boat were all bad. They were criminals, out of jail. He even had one or two, I believe two priests. And he made sure they had guns. He made sure everybody had weapons because they knew ahead of time they were going to meet other people and they wanted to destroy the other people. One of the things, the philosophies of not only Columbus, but many, many people that 
for example, when they came and came to the East Coast and all over the United States with slaves, they looked at the Indians, the Native Americans, and they said, these people are animals. They're savages. And they're going to say that the Bible, they said the Bible tells us that we are the chosen people. Now, that's not true. How is the Bible going to tell them they are the chosen people? But they anointed themselves. This is all terrible stuff. Okay, so let me get to Columbus. Um, I have so many notes here, it's pathetic. Um, so bear with me here. And, okay, Columbus. He's got a statue out there. We're going to talk about statues also in a few minutes with our guest, um, our, our producer. By the way, are, are you there, uh, Greg? Greg, are you there? Yes, I am here, Bobby. Hi, how are you today? Hey, very good, thank you. All right, hold, hold tight, thank you. All right, so Columbus. And Greg's going to fill in more on the Columbus issue and also the statues because he's got lots of information on this. But, Greg, we can only take two, three, four minutes on each of these issues because we have a lot to cover today. So just get right to the point on all these, if you could, please. All right, let me get my my notes. Uh, um, I'm not a historian or anything. I'm just your show's producer, and we've talked about this many times. Um, first of all, Columbus, you know, he wasn't even Italian. They tell us he's Italian. He was actually Portuguese, I believe. And uh, if you just peruse the first chapter of Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States, you'll find out everything you need to know about Christopher Columbus and his, what you called basically a gang. I mean, he was just interested in one thing. Uh, where was the goal to pay the king and queen of England, uh, uh, Spain, who paid for his trip to find a route to India, as you said, but actually discovered um, North America, which was not called it then, but um, he was, um, the men and women of the Arawaks who met them came came ashore carrying swords, speaking oddly, you know, they they greeted them with food, water, gifts. He later wrote, in his log, they brought us parrots and balls of cotton and spears and many other things, which they exchanged for glass beads and hawks' bells. They willingly traded everything they owned, which is a diametrically opposed ethic to what Columbus's ethic was. Where's the gold and the wealth? And, you know, your wealth is seen as being selfish and having as much as you can have where the Arawaks and the other native peoples was the exact opposite. It was sharing. It was community. It was uh, taking care of each other. And they really valued that above all else. And um, Columbus certainly was the exact opposite and just wanted to know where the gold was, taking prisoners aboard his ship and holding them until they showed him where the gold was. They were doing this over and over again. Also, you could read about the fact that Christopher Columbus was a was an a fifteen a fifteen hundreds Jeffrey Epstein. He he trafficked young native children to all of his rich friends that wanted slaves and wanted ch- 
children to do whatever they please with, and they certainly did that. So he was a child sex trafficker or a child a pedophile, literally. I mean, it's it, it, right. it, the priest you mentioned. A testimony of this, you know, they wrote that he, you know, they they took young kids and gave it, gave them to other wealthy Spaniards and other wealthy Europeans, and it was a common practice. So, so yeah, Christopher Columbus. Everything that we've learned about him is a complete and utter falsehood, and he should not be revered as anything but what he was, which was. Unfortunately, using that um, doctrine of dominion or doctrine of discovery, whatever they talk about, that, you know, we have to turn the savages, as you said. Into, Hello, Greg. Um, Greg, let, let me say something, and then uh, you can finish up on the. we got to move on to statues in a minute. But um, Columbus, when he came here, I don't know if we had, I don't think we said this, there were 15 million or more Native Americans, natives. And when he left a few years later, when he stopped killing them, there were only seven million left. So he it destroyed. Was, it was actually in the Caribbean. There were 15 right. million people living in the Caribbean. And within several years, probably three or four years, there was only seven million left. So right. if we want to talk about a Holocaust or a genocide, that pretty much qualifies as a Holocaust or a genocide, I would think. Greg, uh we we celebrate, this country celebrates Columbus. I was taught in school that he was a hero, a great man. He discovered America, but that wasn't true because I knew how can you discover all these natives that were here? I knew that, and we all know that. And by the way, all over the country, I know here in, in, in where I live, they're changing things. They're going to call it Indigenous People Day, not Columbus Day. Things are changing for the better uh, because right. of all the racial injustice that's going on. So one last comment by you, and then let's move on to statues. I want to, I want to say something on statues. Go ahead. Well, the Columbus statues coming down or the other statues, you know, that's related to the people, especially younger people, having more access to information outside of their, their schooling because you should never let school get in the way of your education. So if you can go outside of that, which they can with the Internet, you can get good information and you can get Howard Zinn's book and read it. And you, you can find other information that shows you the exact opposite of what they say Columbus was in our textbooks that we grew up in school. Great. Um, Columbus, uh, his statue went down quickly, as well as many others. Uh, some of the presidents, uh, you you have a personal experience about uh General, what's your name, Robert E. Lee? Tell us about that, and then I, I want to name off some some people that were statues that were knocked down about John okay. Wayne, and I have others, Sarah. I have a bunch of a little information on these, and I, I know you have even more information. But tell us about. Can, can I continue with your talk? Well, I, I currently reside in Fort Myers, Florida. I used to live downtown Fort Myers. And right diagonally across the street from the federal courthouse um, was a, a bust of Robert E. Lee. And I used to pass it by, and I used to be kind of like, okay. And I'm from the north, so I'm not so totally used to that stuff. And what happened was I noticed recently about, I don't know, about a month or so ago, that it had been removed. So I, I found out there were protests down at the federal courthouse here in Fort Myers, 
and then the bust of Robert E. Lee. I don't know how long it was up there, but the sons of Confederates or whoever put it up originally came and they took it down. So in my book, that's kind of progress. And that's the story from my local town. Right. You know, uh, Greg, uh, I've been an actress for a long time, and uh, I have never seen what's going on in the last few months because of all the uh, injustice to blacks. But I want our listeners to know that there's a big movement here in the Southern California area, East L.A., and some, that a lot of – we have numerous, numerous names of, of Latinos, many Mexican-Americans that were killed by the police. And this goes back to the year 2000 that we're, we're compiling this list. And even in the, this past year, there were five incidents. Uh, not only that, but there were two men that were hung. Yeah, I, they were hanged in, in just outside of Los Angeles. Uh, it's really bad everywhere. Everywhere you go, there's stories of light like this that are going on. But um, Mexican-Americans, going way back to 150 years ago when United States took Mexico, took took uh, took the southwest part of uh, United States from Mexico. Uh, there's been in Texas, for example, the um, the Texas Rangers did a lot of damage to Mexicans. They killed them, threatened them, tortured them, enslaved them, beat them, and did everything bad to them. And people don't know this because this, this story doesn't get out as much as others. But anyway, let's continue with the statues. I have two statues I want to tell you about. One is uh, Father Sarah. Uh, he did a lot of damage, a lot of bad things. Uh, I have a list of them here. But because of time constraints, I'm not going to list them. John Wayne, uh, I, when I remember when I was a little kid, I used to cheer for John Wayne because he would have one or two, six revolvers, guns, and he would kill as, as the Indians were going around, he would kill 50 of them with one or two, or two guns. And he never, I never saw him load up or anything. He just, but this is TV. And but, by the way, all those so-called 40 or 50 Indians that were going around on horses and, and John Wayne was killing, they weren't really Indians. They were white guys with their faces painted. That, because in Hollywood, they were always never, never, never allowing a lot of people, blacks, Native Americans, Latinos in into only a few rare cases of somebody that was a, su- a superstar. So there's a lot to be going there. But uh, continue, uh, Greg, with your thing on statues, and then we got to move on to some more subjects. Okay, so the statues. Um, the statues. I would think that most people would probably think, um, who are not informed about it, that the statues are probably erected sometime. And during Reconstruction after the Civil War. But in fact, the majority, that, that height of statues being erected was about 1910. Okay? Between 1900 and 1920, was the, was that 20 years was when all the statues went up. And in nine, about 1910, it was the highest. And um, you realize that the, the, the statues were put up to enforce the social order, to let people know, remind people of where they stood in the society. That's all they were there for. 
so they weren't erected after the war to honor the, the Confederate dead and the Confederate generals. They were erected, what, 65 years or 55 years after the war to make sure that the Jim Crow laws, the people that were in the states with the Jim Crow laws, knew their place in regards to those Jim Crow laws. And that's, that's the only reason why. Another thing I'll say about the statues, it seems that all of them, I mean, I haven't read anything about any of them really where some, it, it's about someone who's done some pretty, pretty despicable stuff. I don't see any statues about Harriet Tubman, you know, with the, with the Underground Railroad. I don't see any statues of Frederick Douglass. I only see statues of, of like Columbus, who was, you know, doing his thing, which we know we, know, we discussed earlier, and the Confederate generals who were just a, just defending a, 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 a way of life that was based on slavery, their economy based on their way of life and economy based on slavery. We, we don't seem to honor anybody who's actually, you know, maybe Martin Luther King, you know, if you, but not like these, these other statues. It seems, Bobby. And that's what I'll say about that. Very good. Very, very good. Okay, let me. I want to talk about racism, a little bit about why I went through what I went through back years ago. Uh, you know, when I was a little kid, my mother told me the story about how, and this is, I, I learned about racism at a very young age. I asked her about her family. She told me that um, her mother had come from Sonora, which is just south of Arizona, and they, they, the mother landed in Arizona, in the central part of Arizona. And she had three kids. My mother was the oldest. Anyway, the United States started testing nuclear bombs, which means the air is full of nuclear damage, things that kill people. So my mother's mother was 35. She got lung cancer right away. And not too long after that, she died, age 35, from that. Now, the reason the United States came to Arizona was because there were nothing but poor Mexicans and poor natives, Indians. And these are people that would not do anything to fight this cause. So my mother had to take over the kids. She was 17. She took over care of her, her brother and sister and did a great job. But later, she died at an early age of lung cancer because of that. Myself, going back another generation I had horrible, horrible asthma as a small, young child. I had to go to the hospital quite a bit, and all because of what happened there. So I learned quickly that racism, that the way in this country and other countries and how people were treated, how they didn't care about this and that, I learned quickly. Another situation that I learned, when I was seven or eight years old, I used to drive my bike everywhere. I decided to take my bike and go to see my father. My father was a busboy. We were very, very poor. He was a busboy at a hotel in the Wiltshire District. And I went, parked my bike outside, walked in. I was just looking around. And I saw my dad walking by real quickly with two hands full of dishes. He was a, a busboy. And he had picked up the dishes and went to the, and washed them. And um, then I heard the boss yelling at my father. My father's name was Herman. The boss said, Herman, come on, get, get going. He started berating my father. That was, to me, at my young age, I knew that that was racism. I knew it. I mean, I could feel it. Where I lived and around the neighborhoods, I could see racism. 
I could see how the poor Latinos and the poor blacks in South Central Los Angeles had very little compared to other people. So I went on and I helped back. I noticed that a lot of Latinos and other poor people like blacks and just poor people, period, were being brought into the war, uh, Vietnam War. And myself, I went to Denver, Colorado, and to New Mexico, the two biggest Latino leaders for civil rights, and talked them into letting us put together a large get-together in Los Angeles and call it a National Chicano Moratorium against the war in Vietnam, against the fact that too many poor people were getting killed. We noticed numbers were staggering. Latinos were way, way more dying, much more than any other group because they were so brave. And then we had more Purple Hearts, more everything. I saw that. So more into racism. So we not only did that, but we, we also started a group, started uh, against the, the draft. The, the, the draft guys would come here and pull in kids, 14, 15, 16, 17, underage, and get them to lie about their age so they could go to the war. These guys, and they would go to Camp Pendleton in San Diego area and Myrtle Beach in, in back east, and they would stay there for six months. And the Latinos mostly, and sometimes the blacks and other poor people, went straight to the front lines of the Vietnam War and got killed because they were fodder. It was, this was, I saw this. We, we didn't like this. And we, I had all kinds of places all around the country where we were teaching people this. I was the number one Latino activist around, especially not only against the war, but against Nixon and against the draft. I started campaigns on those, and the word got to President Nixon about me because they kept a list of the so-called radicals that were doing the most damage against the country, and I was on that list of five people. Of those five people, two of them died very, very suspiciously. One guy took off to Canada. Another guy was hiding in the United States, and then there was me. I was speaking, and I went to Denver to speak. We're in a restaurant, me and the guys, and the, the owner of the restaurant says, get out of here, guys, run, the police are coming. We ran, they caught me. They were looking for me. And they caught me, the leader had a big stick, and he said, get on your knees and put your hands behind your neck. I did. He came with that big stick and hit me on the top of my head as hard as he could. I could see it coming. I was knocked out 18 hours. Went to the hospital, I bled a lot. The doctor said you were one quarter of an inch from brain getting your brain damaged and dying. So I've been through it. I've seen it. I've been an activist for many other issues besides that. Back uh, in 1979, 1980, the United States was used Los Angeles as a starting point to sterilize women, blacks and Latina women and other poor women. And they were doing it. And so two nurses that I knew came to see me and a guy named Richard Cruz. Richard Cruz was the number one civil rights attorney in the country. And he fought for Latino rights like nobody. And they asked us because they, they knew we, we, we were leaders and we could do something. They asked us to help them. So Richard said, Bob, you, you take it. And if you need my help legally, just let me know. So I took the two girls. We went to the top floor of the L.A. County General Hospital. And I said, just let me talk to that guy. I, I knew how to do this because I'd seen 
how I went with a group of blacks one time to City Hall and raised hell. And they didn't take no for nothing. So went to we, I raised hell with the guy. I told him, because I knew who he was. told him that uh, he wants to keep his job. He's going to have to stop this uh, sterilizing all these women. And I, I, I yell at him. I threaten him. I bang my head on the, on, on the table. The security guard said, shall I call the, no, no, the, the secretary said, shall I call the security guards? He said, no, no, no. It's okay. Let me, let, let him finish. So I gave him a few days to do something. I said, I'm going to call you in three days. Three days later, he stopped sterilizing all these women because I had threatened him. He was going to lose his job and we we're going to come after him. So these, I could tell you more and more stories, but I'm not going to get into that. We don't have the time. We're going to have uh, Veronica Gabriel on in a few minutes to talk about uh, more issues. So, Greg, any thoughts on what I just said very briefly? Well, Bobby, yeah, you had told me about this story. And, um, you know, unfortunately, the uh, colored, black and brown people in this country, when the country is based on slavery and genocide of right. Native Americans, then uh, this uh, and you mentioned um, sterilizing women in L.A. Well, they just had a report the other day that showed that in the uh, detention centers, they are removing doing hysterectomies on women without, you know, just just sterilizing. Yeah. So it's the same stuff going on. What, 50 years later, over 50 years later. And, and uh, I, I don't know. It, it, I don't know how to solve it, but it seems to be a culture uh, well, Donald Trump is reinforcing it, as you can see, and um, we always seem to blame in America the least among us, the ones with the no power and the no money, and uh, we blame them for all of our problems, and if you read history, you'll find that, that other societies have done this too, and it did not end well. So I'll leave it at that for today. Okay, let me, uh, I want to make a few quick news items that are significant uh, that I want our listeners to hear, and I'll have more next week. Um, in California, at all the, co- the major colleges, students are now required to take ethnic studies or a social justice course. That's because of all the things going on. Uh, also, um, more information. Donald Trump's sister has written a book, and she's blasted her brother, Donald Trump talking about all the stuff he does. She named off all the things that we've been talking about as far as what a terrible person he is. She really, really hit him hard. And I'm not, I don't have time to go over all the things she said, although I had the list of them. Um, Pamela Harris, when they asked her about the president, she gave a speech. She said that he, Trump failed to contain COVID-19. And also, he's failed to protect working families from the economic fallout. She's right on. She did a lot more than just that. And she went on and on. But that's the main topics that she hit. And she's right. He's a liar. He's a cheat. He's done so many horrible things. Here's another one for you. Kesey was shot 15 times as he ran, according to the lawyers. Um, Latino activists, they're starting to pick up and take off from what's going on in the black community. I've got names of Frank Mendoza, Anthony Pacheco, Martin Escobar, and more that in the last year have either been killed or beaten by police. We've got so much information on all this. And let me move on because we've got to get this show going on. Um, 
moving my notes here. Okay. Okay, here's more. The um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the judge that was that passed away uh, recently. Bobby, can I can I say something about her for a second? Please go ahead. She was she was married in the house diagonally across the street from where I grew up in New York. So that's wow. that's that's that I think my neighbors were her relatives. So Ginsburg goes way back with me uh, to when she was um, when she was a appellate court judge before she was a Supreme Court judge because my neighbors were related to her. In uh, and, when I grew up on Long Island, and she was married on my street diagonally across the street from me. So I just thought I'd throw that in. Cute story. Here's some more information on an editorial that I read. Trump. His character. He lies. He bullies. He interferes with investigations and excludes and exudes disdain for the rule of law. And we've seen him more and more meddling with the Justice Department. He's attacked judges and generally encourages American citizens to do so many things. Okay, that's it for, for now for me. Um, let's get to our another guest, um, Veronica Gabriel. She and I are going to talk about a number of things. One, we're going to talk. We're both going to give our. I'm going to give my take on how things are going to change for the pandemic, for the things that are going on in this country with the um, racial justice, and for other things. Things are changing fast. Um, Veronica, welcome to the show. Veronica, let me say this. She is a spiritual teacher. She's been on radio. She's um, been on my show a few times. She's an author. Great, great spiritualist. Are you there, Veronica? Anyway, let let me uh, continue. Um, Veronica and I, we're going to talk about change, about how things are going to get better. I truly believe, and she does also, that things are going to get better for the pandemic. It's going to take some time. All over the world, they're working on this. So have faith and just be patient. Second thing is the um, racial justice. As you can see, a lot of changes are going on. Look at the statues. Look at all the information coming up. Look at how Columbus is being brought out. Look at everything. There's so many things that we talked about now, but all over the country. Look at how we're going to possibly have our, a person of color as the next vice president. Women. So also, Veronica was going to talk about women, how they're making so many changes coming on. So let me continue. Let me give you my phone number because we're, we've only got about 10 minutes, 12 minutes left. If people want to call me about this show, about any show, about information, here's the number to call me. 323-770-1925. I'll try to repeat that at the end, and I'll repeat the archive number. Um, which is 701-719-0994. Okay. Greg, if you're there, let's continue our talk. Anything we left out or you want to add to our talk, unless Veronica comes back soon, I think we lost her. Go right ahead. It seems. um, I just want to mention uh, that there's a book 
that people could read uh, called Slavery by Another Name by Douglas Blackmon. And it's, it's, it's about, uh, you know, post, you know, the, the enslavement of black Americans from the Civil War to uh, World War II, uh, where they were basically making laws. And they also did this with um, Latino Americans, too. They can't put them in, in jail because of the color of their skin. So they write laws to put them in jail. And in the South, in this book, it describes the leasing, convict leasing, which is you put them in jail for jaywalking, you put them in jail for something, you know, trivial, and then you can lease, the county can lease them out to local plantations um, for basically slavery once again. And so this book goes into detail, and I would highly recommend everyone um, read this book to find about more about the fact that slavery really didn't end for another hundred years after the Civil War, pretty much. Good, good, good. Okay, let's talk a, a little more about the statues. You had we had a lot of names of people. We didn't get a chance to get them all. Uh, so many names. I, I mentioned a couple. And can you go into you because you sent me some material. You had a whole bunch of names of people whose statues were taken down because of their background. Can you give us a few, a few of those names? Um, um, you know what? I was trying to find the information that I sent you, and I had trouble finding it. But the majority of them were, were Confederate, Confederate uh, war, um, you know, um, soldiers and uh, generals. And um, but there were other ones who were local, considered local heroes. But in fact, were you, you you read the history and you find that they were in fact not local heroes. They were just like like Columbus. They were genocidal. They were uh, stole stole Native American land. You know the same stuff went on. But for some reason, we we you know because I guess uh, white supremacy has a lot to do with it that uh, we exalt these people and um, you, then you find out the real history and it's not too pretty actually. So most of them are, are, in fact, you know, Confederate, um, and they were done to, like I said, for, to, to maintain and to make sure that people knew their knew their place in the social order. So um, Columbus, of course, is probably the most well known, but there were there were many others, and um, the, the young people, like I said earlier, they have access to good information and to find out historical information on some of these people. And that's why they attacked these statues and brought them down because they find out they're pretty despicable folks. So hopefully um, it, it rings true throughout the wider population. But, you know, America always had a deep seated underbelly of racism and Trump has brought it to the surface once again. And it's, it is quite, um, concerning because um, they're becoming violent. And uh, when that happens, then we have a different problem on our hands. Right. And, um, uh, so you take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me add to that. Here are some names that you sent me some of this and some I had myself. These there are you people who were taken down. Number one, um, hundreds of human beings were listed in the account books of these presidents and other people. They were listed as personal property. And they worked as slaves. George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, 
Patrick Henry. They were all slave owners, as well as many more. Those are the most prominent names that people might recognize. The history books rarely mention any of this. Now, wait a second, Bobby. Hold on one second. I think that Benjamin Franklin was not a slaveholder. I believe with the information I sent you, the paragraph was he was a member. He founded an abolitionist movement. Right, right, right. Okay. So he was not a slaveholder, Benjamin Franklin. Uh, Washington certainly was. Jefferson was. Madison was. Madison grew up in the Caribbean. Um, I don't believe that um, that um, John Adams was. But they were certainly, I mean, you know, the reason why George Washington was the first president of the United States, not because he was the greatest guy or he was the most, it was because he was the wealthiest man in the colonies. And how did right. he get his wealth? By stealing natives' lands and selling it to speculators. That's how he gained his wealth in America. So, and he'd been doing that most of his life, even before, you know, when he was with the British. So, um, the whole system is the whole country is based on this. So then you, you know that, that that this is the result of what we're having 230 whatever it is years later. Uh, we're still having these problems because we we haven't had a reconciliation like they did in South Africa with Nelson Mandela after apartheid. The reconciliation committees where they at least some of the people were not put in jail, but they were brought forward and shamed publicly to and made to admit what they did. And we've never had that in America. We probably never will without some sort of explosion. So you're seeing the tinderbox of that explosion, I think, right now. And um, hopefully we can, we can work it out. Yes, uh, a lot of people, a lot of uh, statues went down. And what makes me happy is to know that a lot of the people, including many young people, have learned and are becoming aware because there's more good information going all around the place. In fact, this radio station is one of the pioneers and one of the leaders of great information, Progressive Radio Network, this, the station. And our show is right there, too. Our show is called Let's Create a Better World. We believe in, in justice and fairness. And we have to, if we have to expose some of the bad people, then we just have to do it. Because this world, and you know, Greg, the last five months or so, things are changing Ever since George Floyd was killed by that policeman that put his his knee on George's neck for almost nine minutes, and George kept saying, "I can't breathe, I can't breathe." That police officer didn't give a damn. And, you know, he and that's the kind of mentality we have. Let me tell you about the army and about be tough, and so are the police. That's why we have so much. That's why in so many countries. Our, our country has gone in with military, and, and we have bases, at least 900 or more bases all over the world to protect the corporations, to protect whatever the United States wants to protect. Not only that, but in this country, it's really, really bad. So um, these, uh, these people are doing some really damage uh, to all our people. They're... They're just tearing apart um, the history books are just full of crap, full of lies. And things are going to change, though, because now with all this thing going on, I see major, major changes going on with this. I see changes going on with climate change going to get better. Also, the, um, the, the racism is going to 
curtail and slow down at least. And we're going to do some of the police departments are going to be defunded and changed totally. There'll be more reform going on. And one more big prediction. I didn't mention this at the beginning, but I want to mention it when I do my promo on this. Here's your prediction on what's going to happen with the presidency. President Trump is going to try to do everything he can to lie and cheat and, and make up all kinds of stories. This is why he's getting this woman to be on the Supreme Court. He will, he's going to try to use the Supreme, Supreme Court to to um, take his part and say that the election was rigged and was wrong. And, but he's going to lose. President Trump is going to lose. That's my prediction. And uh, it's going to happen. And I've hit eight out of the last nine president predictions. The only reason I lost four years ago was because the um, Hillary Clinton, who I didn't really like, but she had three million more votes than Trump. But Trump had the what do you call it? The uh, what do you call that? Electoral College. Right, Electoral College. That that turned out to be in his favor. So he asked how he won. Anyway, any more thoughts, uh, Greg? Because we we've got about seven or eight minutes left, you and I. And then we've got to finish up the show. The um, the electoral college is another barrier that the founders of the country put in place to keep the mob from ruling, because they were in fact terrified of the mob. So the electoral college, we've had two two elections in the last twenty years or sixteen years, two thousand sixteen, where the guy that got the most votes lost. The person that got the most votes lost. Now listen, I don't like um, I don't like Hillary Clinton. I don't like any of them. I have nothing but contempt for most of them. Uh, in fact, all of them. But it, what does it say about democracy when the person who gets the most votes loses? You know, um, it, it, it's a failed democracy, is what it says about democracy. And um, you know, you have to be involved in democracy for it to uh, to work and to thrive and to flourish. And most people don't want the responsibility of democracy. I believe that uh, Sigmund Freud wrote about this a hundred years ago, made this, made this uh, statement that, uh, you know, that they don't, you know, we, they don't want democracy because they don't want the responsibility of democracy. And uh, you can't just think that walking into a, voting booth once every two or four years is your civil duty and that's going to solve everything because if you look at the evidence now which is plainly visible it doesn't and i think a lot of people in the country are left and right whatever you know and here at prn we don't defend an ideology we defend the truth and um they're finding that um you know, this has laid bare a lot of the corruption and a lot of the fact that we do live in a failed democracy. So we have to do something about it, or it's going to go. You know, we're just going to, it's just going to die hard. It's just going to, you know. And uh, you're right. We have 900 military bases. We have a 740 billion dollar defense budget, and that's only the money that we see. It's probably double that, and we have no money for anything else. That's a failed democracy once again. Uh, militarism, militarism is is destroying the country and uh, brown world. and black people around the world too. Do you know? Are there any countries now that we're bombing 
which is currently seven, that are are white people nation. Not that I see. They're mostly brown, you know, and black and uh, Somalia to, you know, to Iraq to, you know, to Yemen, which is a genocide in Yemen. I mean, and so now we see the results of the empire abroad, what we inflict on the people on the outer reaches of empire, we are now bringing home to ourselves. The, the surveillance, the, the police killings, the militarized police, the whole thing, it's just being brought back on us. And uh, I think Lucidides wrote about this, and uh, he said, you know, the, 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 the tyranny that Athens imposed on others, it eventually imposed on itself. So that's what we're seeing in America right now, Bobby. Right. Okay, we got to wrap up pretty soon. Let me just give my information. And, uh, Greg, you're welcome to give your phone number or anything you want to tell in case people want to call you. Because you are in Long Island. Or you you were you grew up in Long Island. Now you're in Florida. Yes. But, but you're really, really involved. And uh, uh, I'm really happy to have you as a great producer for this show. Anyway, my name is Bobby Elias. I'm going to give you my information also. The reason I give my phone number out is if people want to call me, you can give me your suggestions on what you like or didn't like about the show, ideas, other ideas for other guests, just ideas on, of what you like or didn't like about the show and, and about the station and about anything you want to talk about. I'm open. I have people that um, get sick or have problems. Greg knows this all too well, where we counsel them, we talk to them, we get other people to help them. This is what we do. I we don't I don't get paid for this radio show. This is an act of love. Neither does Greg. And I, not only that, but I treat people. Um, I run the L.A. Gary Knoll Health Support Group. We have 710 people that have attended meetings over the last 21, 22 years. And I run the meetings now for the last 11 years. We don't have them as often. Gary was off. He wasn't on the radio sh station here in Los Angeles, but he's on again. So we may start those meetings again. I'm not sure. Uh, but there's so much. Here is my information. Here's my phone number. 323-770-1925. Here is the two ways to get to our online um, archives. One, you can do trn.fm. PRN stands for Progressive Radio Network. Dot F is in Frank, M is in Mary. PRN.FM. Or you can go to Let's Create a Better World. Dot Podbean. P is in Paul, O is in Oscar, D is in David. Bean like the bean you eat. Dot com. And my phone number for the archives, and these all the archives are 24 hours a day. The phone number to call the archives, and you get five shows, the five most recent shows. 701. 719-0994. Um, you got about one minute, Greg. Any last-minute thoughts before we, hang, we get, finish this show? Well, Bob, you know, hopefully we can, we can try and create a better world. And we are here at, at the Progressive Radio Network. That's why I'm a producer on the show. As we've talked about in the past, you did help me with problems that I was having with anxiety, depression, Recently, I've been doing a lot of acupuncture and chiropractic, and that seems to help me quite a bit, drug-free, toxic-free, completely natural, and it really has helped me, and I want to thank you for helping me and the PRN family for helping me, Gary Knowles, our founder, 
And uh, everybody have a great day, and uh, we'll see you on the next show, hopefully. Yes, and uh, so this show is on every month or two. We want to get it on. We'd like to get it on every month, but for a lot of reasons, we haven't been able to do that. We're a little behind, but you can hear our most recent shows on the archives. As I said, uh, we are into holistic health with all the new things going on with holistic health. Um, we are really dedicated to all the mistakes and all the wrongs that are going on in this country and around the world, uh, climate change, uh, you name it. There's so many things that need to be changed, racial injustice, uh, the pandemic. I think these things are gradually, little by little, uh, going for the better because they're in the news now, whereas it, it wasn't in the news before. So let's hang in there, stay strong. So anyway, let me thank all the people that uh, are part of the station and this show. I want to thank Jesse, the uh, director of Progressive Radio Network, I want to thank Greg Lamastro, our producer, for doing a great job, getting a lot of information and helping me do the show. It's the first time you've gotten together with me to do a show, even though you've been doing this the last couple of years uh, as a producer. Uh, as I don't know you what know, happened to you. We did a show in 2019. We did a show together, if you remember. That was the uh, the last time we did it. So it's been a while. We'll, we'll do another okay. one very soon. Together. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. We did do one. Thanks for reminding me. And yes, we will work together. You're, you're doing. I want to let people know I have a great producer. He does a lot of good things and and gets a lot of good information. And he's there for you. And he's there for me. And we don't get paid, but we're. This is all an act of love and dedication. Um, so I want to thank um, you, uh, Greg. I want to thank um, the listeners for listening to the show. I want to thank Veronica, Gabrielle. She got in the show. Something happened to her. I don't know what happened, uh, but she'll she'll be on again with us. But she was on for a short while. So that's it. I want to turn this back over to TRN, hear our last-minute music, and we'll be on again again on this show. So be sure to stay in the archives and call me whenever you'd like. Thank you very much. Imagine there's no heaven It's easy if you try Kill or die for No 